Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Spill Your Beans. Today we're doing a film review of one of my favourite films, Shaun of the Dead. I'm here, I'm joined by a good friend of mine and uh, a TV student at Westminster and that is Jack Murphy. Hello mate, thank you for having me on. How you doing, you alright? Yeah, all good mate, all good, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. So in your sort of form thing, you filled in what you sort of could talk about the Cornetto trilogy, I thought we'd start with Shaun of the Dead. Um, you know why? Why? Why is Shaun of the Dead the sort of kind of film you want to? You feel that like you can talk about? Do you think? Oh, it's just it's brilliant, isn't it? I don't know where to it start. It's just good. an e easy film to kind of speak about, have a laugh about. One of those, really. It is one of those. Um, I, you, well, obviously, we're both fans. I know. Um, obviously, I know you're in real life. We're both fans of the Cornetto trilogy, World's End, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, and even some of Edgar Wright's other work as well. Um, the Baby Driver, I think. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, so yeah, I thought today would be a good one to start with Shaun of the Dead, and maybe in the future we'll talk about Hot Fuzz and World's End. So we're not going to talk too much about those films today, but starting with Shaun of the Dead, I've just rewatched it last night, and it's it's brilliant, isn't it? It's really it's good. amazing, mate. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I I it's just everything from the way it's put together, the story, the dialogue, the acting, and we'll get on to cast specifically in part two. Um, but generally, if you were to sort of sum up the film, sort of have a quick sort of review of it, what do you think you'd say in terms of Shaun of the Dead? Because I mean, it's it's one of those films that you just... I, I don't know if I can really fault it in many areas. No, no, I agree with you. It's, there's very little things that I could, like, immediately come to mind that you could fault it. Um, the, the, if I was to sum it up, I guess it's, like, um, a very loosely um, scripted, very, like... I don't even know. How would I say it? It's, like a comedy movie just about zombies but it's completely like all over the place but it's mm. still quite tightly restricted in the world that it builds do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It could very easily not be a zombie film and it would still have you know a lot of its plus points you know yeah. um, a lot of the film really excels on that a lot of zombie films a lot of, a lot of horror films but even like horror comedies rely heavily on um, the horror genre um, as a sort of staple and just sort of that sort of stuff like the zombies being scary or this that and the other like the zombies aren't even that big of a part of this film they're just i mean obviously they are because it's the, that is the film but the huge focus which i love about this film is on the dialogue and the characters and it feels so quintessentially british doesn't it uh, it does it, it, it feels very real yeah really yeah i think it's it, i don't know how you could i mean the thing is with the characters as well i mean they it just i feel like that's again a lot with with Edgar Wright's uh, Cornetto trilogy specifically, I feel like, as someone who's living in London, like, as you know, as the years go on, it's like, am I going to end up being like that? You know, which of these characters am I going to end up being like? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's mad to think that that could be us in three or four years. Yeah. I think the, I think the other thing about why Shaun of the Dead and the, uh, the Cornetto trilogy as a whole uh, is so kind of like well regarded with our generation is because we kind of all grew up with it. It was kind of like those yeah. naughty films when you were a kid you weren't supposed to watch. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaun of the Dead was always the gruesome one that I wasn't supposed to watch and then did. And yeah. It was brilliant. I've seen it so many times now. I, I mean, it's... I die, I'm trying to think like a little... I, you know, I've just watched it yesterday, but I think I've seen it so many times. It's like, it should be ingrained in my memory, but it just sort of, there's elements of it. I think what's different about this as well, again, talking about like characters, dialogue, all that sort of thing, and how real it feels and how it does feel quite uh, quintessentially sort of British. Um, what I really like about it is the sort of, it's really well directed. 
Yeah, yeah, and there's like a natural fluidity in terms of the scripts. I was watching some of the um, the bloopers today, actually, and a lot of the stuff is kind of invented on the spot, like the especially mm. the scenes with Nick Frost in the pub. Um, but yeah, no, it's it it feels like it's you and your mate. You know what I mean? You you feel mm. almost like a third character in the room sometimes, especially some of the dialogues. It's so funny, so naturally funny. Yeah, I feel like I've met people like that. Mm. You know, um, especially like Ed. Um, yeah. Hundred percent. I people who do you know monkey impressions in the pub. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure we definitely encountered someone like that. Yeah, um, and it's it. I one of my favourite scenes is uh, when he just walks up to the group and goes, uh, "Can I get any of you cunts a drink?" That's just like that seems like such a normal yeah. thing that you'd say yeah. in a pub in a pub scenario. You know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And again, like lines like that really do strike it apart from other kind of like horror comedies. Um, it's it's. I don't know what I don't even know what to say about it that hasn't already been said, but it is a it is an absolute masterpiece of a film. I'm so glad. I mean, it's not his first film, Edgar Wright, like f- uh, future film, but it's I think it's like a second or third maybe. But it's definitely the one that kind of kickstarted his career properly. Um, obviously, we started with, and you're familiar with Space, of course, as well. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. Both fans Very of Space. Um, and um, obviously, you know, everyone and their mums knows about the sort of story behind the scenes of that, where the zombie sort of episode um, of space where he sort of has that scene where he's like shooting zombies in the flat and all that sort of thing that sort of inspired uh, the creation of Shaun of the Dead um, and what do you think about the transition between obviously space which was Edgar Wright's first sort of big thing with Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Jessica Hines all those sorts of people um, what do you think about the transition from that to sort of Shaun of the Dead do you think it's something that when you watch space and obviously you know about Shaun of the Dead earlier but when you first watch space um do you think that could be something that could be turned into a film or do you think it's like it was a, like a miracle that it worked? I think that when you watch, so I watched Spaced after having watched the, you know, the Cornetto trilogy probably countless times. Um, some of the jokes are rehashed a little bit. I, I find like, a few, I can't give you an example. I remember watching Spaced and thinking, oh, I swear I've seen this, you know, before in the Cornetto trilogy. Like mm. they're, they're recycled, but with comedy, most stand up and, and things like that is a bit recycled. Yeah. I feel like Shaun of the Dead could very easily exist in the same universe as Spaced. And I think that's oh, yeah. why, like, it feels so like both fil- both film, the film and the series feel so kind of mm. interlinked. Not just the main characters and the, you know, the cast and so on, but uh, like the scripts and the way the characters interact with each other. But also the low budget vibe as well. I think that's a yeah. huge thing, a huge selling point of Shaun of the Dead is that they film it on such a low budget. As of course, the famous story of um, them paying like uh, fans of space like a pound to dress up as a zombie and be an extra, which I think is yeah. brilliant. Um, I, it's just little things like that. I think it's so like creative with what it does. And again, talking about low budget, we talked about this last time um, on. Uh, if you've been an avid viewer of the podcast or lip viewer, listener, um, I need to get used to that. It's like the whole YouTube transition thing is a bit difficult. Um, if you were listening to the podcast last time when we talked about Terminator, that also has a lot of um, interesting aspects with budget and how it was made on such a small budget but managed to achieve quite a lot. And I think it's very interesting and telling of uh, many different genres of film that, similar to Shaun of the Dead, similar to Terminator, two very different types of films, can achieve some of like the best of their own generation on like the lowest budget possible because around the time of Shaun of the Dead we also had stuff like the original Spider-Man films we had like big budget like films and this is a low key low budget British like horror comedy and it's so so well done yeah yeah uh, I think that's 
what makes it work really. I think if you put Shaun of the Dead and gave them ten million pounds to go and make it, it would not be anywhere near the same film. And I think because of those budget restrictions, they've had to mm. essentially make the script ten times better. Or maybe the script was already better, but you rely more on a script when your budget is lower. Yeah, and of I think that. Um, the fact that we don't get to see a massive part of London, like I think 28 days later, 28 weeks later, mm. um, we don't get to see like a massive zombie infection. We see, you know, a few zombies, you know, it takes place in um, the house, the pub, and like a few streets. It's very, the very- The gardens, like, yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's- it It's is very, very self-contained. Much, and I think that's a huge selling point of it. As much as I like, as much as I love the other films in the trilogy, I think Shaun of the Dead always stands out because of its sort of budget restraints. I, again, I love Hot Fuzz. I love The World's End. But I think especially the latter, The World's End, does feel like it's got almost too much of a budget. Mm. I love it. Maybe, yeah. But it, it does feel very like, even though they're just filming it in like a, a, a garden town or whatever, the amount of locations, the amount of different places they go, they're relying more on what they can physically do opposed to what they can sort of write down even though i would argue the world's end is severely underrated and i'm sure we'll get to that down the road eventually um but Shaun of the dead really does drive home that importance of a good script like a good tight funny script as well um and that's one thing of course i think this is the first potential i think it's potentially the first comedy we've covered on this podcast so far and what do you think about the sort of jokes in this and the sort of the way those punchlines are told i think I think it's amazing. I think it's so funny. Even rewatching it after the tenth time, you still pick up on things that you know maybe you hadn't picked up on uh, first time round. Mm. Uh, like when uh, Ed and Sean are in a pub, and Sean's just broken up with, his, with Liz, and um, they're kind of uh, Liz is saying that you know what what am I going to do? Am I going to end up being like every other you know sad old fucker drinking in this pub? And then mm. the way they introduce the the, the 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 three characters afterwards, you know, like Snake Lips and the Cockersidal Maniac and stuff. Yeah, like that. those little things are just they just make it. Yeah, and I think as well again testament to the writing and um, the acting as well. The performance from Nick Frost and Simon Pegg is so brilliant. I mean, again, we say like it's 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 a comedy, but they, they managed to capture something which I think films rarely are able to capture. I think there's nothing funnier, especially to our generation, there's nothing funnier than being in a pub and like one of your mates makes a joke about something and it's like the funniest thing and you're crying your eyes out laughing. It's really hard to capture that because you can be funny with your, your mates in the pub, you can't be funny, it doesn't mean you're funny live on stage, it doesn't mean you're funny in a script sense, but what Edgar Wright's managed to do with this um, film is give us moments which are in a pub and it is one mate talking to another and it is that same type of humor yet they've managed to make it funny for the general audience you are yeah. in on the joke because you're sort of um you're on sort of sean's side you don't you know especially that scene particularly you're on sean's side you don't actually know what ed's gonna say about these people in the pub and i think you feel like you're almost at the pub with them and i think that's a huge point of um interest for this film is again as you mentioned earlier you sort of feel along for the ride opposed to just a viewer of the film mm. i was gonna I, i've uh, seen yeah uh sorry i was just gonna um no, go say as well like it feels quintessentially quintessentially british mm. if this was set in america with an american pub or a bar it would be nowhere yeah. near as uh good atmospherically and like you were saying about we all can relate to being idiots in the pub and having a laugh with our mates and i think that is a very british thing of course yeah i think it's um it's, it is one of those things and i 
it's yeah, you make a good point there about the whole Americanized uh, Americanized version kind of thing. I mean, if they ever tried to make this um, sort of like an American remake of this film, I'm not sure how I'd feel. I think it would be weird. I think it's one of those films you just don't ever want to touch. Don't remake yeah, it. It's don't, not as brilliant don't. the way it is. But I also think it works in America as well. Now I can't speak for an American audience. It would be interesting to see. Um, what American sort of viewers of that film think about it because obviously it is a very British film and I think us living in almost the same place that these characters are living in it's 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 quite relatable um, and quite real I feel like I've been in the, not I was going to say I've been in those scenarios I haven't been in a zombie apocalypse but um, like sitting at the pub laughing on it's it's a different kind of vibe so I'd be interested mm. if there's any Americans listening you know let us know on Twitter because that would be dead interesting I uh I think I I I don't know. It's it it is an odd one. I I think it's uh, yeah. I I couldn't see it done in America though. I mean, maybe it could, but you'd have to do. You still have to have Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so the like, general points of the film. I mean, the story starts off. I think amazingly well, introducing all the characters brilliantly. I think that that's that opening scene is really really well done in terms of dialogue in terms of directing because you think it's just this couple having a conversation in a pub sean's not really listening you know like ed's there playing the um on the sort of machine you got david and diane next to um liz and it's the way they do that and the way they slowly reveal the characters all being there and how like unromantic this setting is really helps set up the story in lots of different ways not just in terms of characters but like I guess almost like the the actual whole relationship of Sean and Liz. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's very yeah. telling. It's like you've brought your girlfriend to the pub and you're there with all your mates. And yeah, all out of you. Yeah, it creates that atmosphere so well. And he's he's sat there eating hog lumps. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's one of those things. And the way like that is the opening shot. It leads into um, the sort of compilation of and I, I love this bit of the film it's such a minor part it's not even like too relevant but i just love like mundane everyday like day-to-day life shots where people are walking around a little bit like zombies sort mm. of a, a, a nice commentary on our culture without it being too ham-fisted which a lot of films do fall into that nowadays um and again like blending in with stuff like the tv and showing all the tv programs and i think there's just a lot of very effective um directing on display here um a lot of really clever script work character work um but yeah i mean we've talked about that do you have a favorite sort of moment from this film a favorite scene uh yeah i do yeah my favorite scene is um probably either when they get into the house and the zombie without an arm has come through the uh, the front door and they're both screaming oh he's he's got an arm off yeah that's brilliant uh, I do also love Clyde, your favourite monkey. That scene is uh, is great. hilarious in my in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, two two great scenes there. I mean, the one where he comes in with the arm off is 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 fantastic. Um, is that I'm trying to is that before that is is that before or after they deal with the people in the garden? I think that's so after. after, isn't it? Because they're yeah, sitting on the um, sofa and yeah, yeah, and Ed's having his and they're co- co- covered in blood. It's like you got red on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's a great recurring joke. I think, like, for me, oh god, there's there's so many great scenes in this film. It's really difficult to pick out something that's actually like stand out and different. Um, 
Bloody hell. Actually, that is difficult because I'm not. I was trying to like stray away from what you've said because what your answers are really good. Um, I don't know. Um, I really like the scene when they're in the garden and they're getting ready to uh, to act like zombies. And uh, Ed is just like, I'll do it on the night. He's like, yeah. no, yeah. not on the fucking yeah. night. Now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. I, I think like, scenes like that, again, like the dialogue, the, the realism of it. I'm trying to think. I, I'm quite fond of, in a sort of morbid sense, I'm quite fond of the scene where David gets sort of taken out the window and ripped apart. I mean, that's like the, the highest budget, like, death in this film. And it's always mm. the most gruesome part. Yeah. I picked the worst time to pull out a chocolate bar and start eating it while I was watching yesterday. <laughs> I, like, I, I pulled out a twirl. Other chocolate bars are available, but I pulled out a twirl. Um, and David just started getting ripped apart, and I'm like, oh, I'm not enjoying this anymore. <laughs> it's, um... Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a good one. I try to, do you that have sounds it? like a that sounds like a Sun newspaper headline. I was watching Shaun of the Dead and it ruined my twirl. <laughs> you bang on there, to be honest. That is the kind <laughs> of shit that they will publish. Again, that's not in in my opinion. <laughs> Other newspapers are available. <laughs> um, so to balance to balance off that, do you have a least favorite part of the film? Because I think that's an interesting one because it is such a good film. Is there a part which is always a bit like uh, it's a bit boring this bit? Um. That's hard. That's that's a hard question. Um, didn't think of that. Uh, let me have a look. Mm, not really. I mean, there's a part that definitely, in terms of nowadays and the way our culture is developing, where I was like watching it back and I was like, oh, that's that wouldn't work now. You know, when Ed gets out. Yeah, of the yeah, car yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're gonna say. Yeah, and he says that like, yeah. which is a weird one because it's sort of like a Mandela effect thing I've noticed with people. Like mm. I've talked to people about it, I'm like, he, you know, he, like he says the N word in this film. I was like, no, he doesn't. Like, yeah, he does. Like, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah, no, he actually does. Yeah. I, but I think he... it, I think it's reference to like '90s movies, or uh, you know, where um, people would pull up and be like, Yo, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, but... yeah, you definitely couldn't make that now, and you definitely shouldn't be able to make that now. So you know, it's, yeah. it is a weird thing, but it's it's annoying because I actually, in fairness, it's a good point in that one because it's a it's a moment in the film that I always sit there and go. Oh, I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. Like this isn't. This, this seems off. It's like really. Did you have to? Did you have to put that in there? Like there's no need. Yeah. There's no need for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I understand the context of the character doing it, but there is actually no need generally for that to be in there. The film wouldn't be tarnished by that one specific word. Being... Yeah. No, I don't think it should be tarnished. Yeah. Obviously, the film came out twenty years ago. Not saying that that makes no, no, a no. difference, but things were looked at differently back then. But yeah. that, that was the only the only part I could literally say that I uh, looked back on and went, it's not great, is it? Mm, <laughs> Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, it's it's aged quite badly. And again, I was yeah, it wasn't really right at the time. But I can't. Um, when this when did this even come out? What two thousand two thousand and four? I was three years old. Like I can't remember what, it, what the society was like that then. What what was in films? What wasn't? You know? I mean, yeah, I wouldn't recommend showing this film to a three year old though, George. No, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. No, that's, that's a good. A good point um but yeah beyond that i'm trying to think if there's any bits that just sort of are a bit dull for me because i mean i've seen it so many times it's like i don't know i think for me a little bit and i love the film in almost its entirety but there's something about when the um when they mess up and the sort of the zombies come into the pub and they're you know the whole the bars on fire i just there's just something about that which is just like yeah I don't know. 
I, I, I don't know what it is mm. about it. It just, it feels a little bit off. I can't really quite put my finger on it. I, 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 I get on. I yeah. love the film, and that's such a, that's such a minor gripe. And if I'm having to really stretch for something I don't like about the film, it's probably something about that scene that just, I don't know. I don't know what I it think is. It, I think it's like, takes so long building a universe, uh, yeah. or this universe, and then suddenly it just gets destroyed all like that. That's the ending. Do you know what I mean? I feel, I feel like it's not this, I wouldn't say cop-out, but it, it's a little bit more dull, like you kind of see that coming a little bit more than other elements in the film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think yeah. I don't know. It's. I think it's so like, tightly packed all the way through that I feel like, the ending is good. Like the ending when they like jump forward a couple of months and like they're living together and all that sort of thing and. Yeah. Ed's in the shed. That's good. I think the ending where they sort of, come out and the army arrives. It's, fair enough, but it does feel a little bit like. I don't know. It just it feels a tad like ham-fisted a little bit, where it's like oh, okay, you, like it sort of wrapped up really quickly. But the thing is, they 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 fixed that. I mean, Edgar Wright is definitely got better with his um, story structures. I find in, in in future films. I mean, Hot Fuzz ends brilliantly on a really mm-hmm. really good note. Um, as does The World's End, all with sort of flashes forward um, to the future by a few months. Um, but I think the way those films end, or like the way the plot's wrapped up, I think just by having the army roll in and go, right, all the zombies are dead now, great. It's like, okay, yeah. come on. Like, I mean, I understand that they had to wrap it up, but I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. I'm not really sure. I feel like they would have spent a long time doing the first half of the movie. And then maybe the, all the, the first two acts, and then the third act was maybe a little bit like, shit how do we end this and then, oh yeah. there we go and there's even yeah. things I mean like they address like on the DVD and stuff there's like plot holes um, mm. that they sort of answer but they're like little things about like how, how Sean gets away and gives him the slip how like what happens to like Diane I know like she chased after him or whatever but it's like they added something in like she survived or something she hit up a tree and it's like little weird things like that where it's like mm. okay, you shouldn't really be accepting those plot holes in the film I, I get it but like Diane did just disappear and she was like a main character you know what I mean like a proper main character from like all of the film and she just sort of disappears and you don't really know what happened to her um I think that's kind of um that kind of shows how like this is not a serious film at all yeah no I get I suppose that's true yeah I mean it is after all a comedy isn't it so I I shouldn't be taking it too seriously I think it's it's yeah it is an interesting one though I think um in terms of discussion points, it is pretty solid. Um, before we jump on our first break, I'm going to condense this down a little bit, and I'm going to throw in the first segment here um, before we come back and talk about the cast of the film. Um, so I thought we'd do our first little segment here, um, which is the record spinner, which we ask um, sort of guests on this podcast to pick out a particular film soundtrack or individual track from a film soundtrack uh, that they love and would you know have in just just over any others you had to get rid of every other film soundtrack or individual track all over the world bar this one it's the one you get to keep what do you choose jack um so my favorite film soundtrack is uh the film uh for the film dunkirk oh Hans Zimmer's score with the use of the shepherd's tone is unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah, and watching it in a mo- in the in the uh, cinemas when that first came out, like blew me away. I thought it was amazing. 
Uh, I love how they use the shepherd's tone. You kind of feel on edge throughout the whole movie um, mm. in all of the scores. I think it's just, I think it's just brilliant. That's, that's yeah. That's a good pick. I quite like that. Now I need to watch Dunkirk again, but the I did, the score is brilliant for that. I mean, again, yeah. the great use of like the uh, great mention of the um, use of the shepherd's tone. That's a all, such a huge. All of the of sounds in that film are amazing. Like you start off, I remember sat in the cinema and you start off and it's quiet, and then you hear the first gunshot, and I I jumped. Oh, the, um, the sound design is brilliant. Yeah, sound design is brilliant. The the whole film in terms of sound design is amazing. And the use of what you're seeing on screen and, and hearing is, is is just incredible. So when you said about soundtrack, that immediately came mm. uh, to mind. That's a good shout. It's a good shout. I hadn't really thought about that one. I mean, it's uh, I believe it's the first Hans Zimmer entry onto the uh, onto the record spinner sort of sections. That's good. Like I see a bit of Hans Zimmer on there. Hopefully not the last as well. Um, but yeah, no, uh, brilliant, brilliant choice. And yeah, we're gonna take a little bit of a break now and we're going to come back with uh talking about the cast and uh the second segment of this podcast uh so yeah no we'll see you in a little bit Hello and welcome back to the Spill Your Beans review of Shaun of the Dead. I'm joined with Jack Murphy, still. Uh, um, <laughs> I think is you can't even see the camera. I can just see you sort of shrugging and shaking your head. Yeah, I, I was just like, all right, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, for the, for the record on Spotify, that's, that's exactly what I'm seeing is Jack just shaking his head miserably um we're going to start with the next segment which is the 64k ultra mega hd range um i'm going to talk about jack's entry for that again for the benefit of those spotify viewers jack is pulling some very strange faces <laughs> so on this uh, podcast we ask guests to sort of think of um as well as film soundtracks also like favorite films and all that sort of thing and this little segment is your choice to go in a new film collection Move away Criterion, you piss off uh, Steelbooks, 4Ks. This is the top of the range, it's exclusive. Nothing gets added to this collection, only the very best of the best. And you get the wonderful honor of deciding one film that can be added to this collection the 64K Ultra Mega High Definition Collection, that is. Lovely. And what film? do you think uh, you'd put in that collection? Uh, I think you know my answer is Birds of the Future. Oh, well, that's a good one. It's got, it's a, got good, to be. It's a good choice. It's a good choice. Um, that is very good. I don't know why I was surprised by that. I don't know why I wasn't like expecting, anticipating it. But the good thing is we can talk about Birds of the Future for a bit, which is a brilliant yeah. film. We both love that as well. We do. Um, I was literally. Um, I, I think I literally told. We were talking about. Uh, was it yesterday? The, no, the day before. The day, day before. before yesterday. I think. Yeah. Day before yesterday. Yeah. It's yeah, so, it's absolutely stunning. It's a brilliant, brilliant film. Um, one of the best trilogies, if not the best trilogy, um, of all time, <laughs> maybe in maybe, uh, filmmaking. Yeah. It is brilliant. I, I mean, I grew up with those films. Um, you know, the characters, the the story, uh, the music. Um, yeah i think if this is i think you just class back to the future as a masterpiece mm. 
I think I, yeah. I think it's amazing. I think acting, scripts, everything, everything that went into that film is just amazing. Never change. I don't think we'll or have redo. any complaints about that. I genuinely don't. I think that's that's pretty understandable. You know, it's pretty good. I don't even, think, to, even think we need to explain it that much. It's just yeah. Back yeah. to the Future is a great film. If you haven't seen it, you're living under a rock. Watch it. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then watch it again. <laughs> yeah, just keep watching it. Maybe, maybe watch the sequels as well. Yeah. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe just yeah. watch the trilogy on repeat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on from Back to the Future, though, which is obviously a very good film, to another great film, Back to Shaun of the Dead, which is what this podcast is generally reviewing. Uh, we talked more about the story, of course, before the break, but now we're going to touch upon, as we always do, uh, the cast of this film and the individual talents that come there. Do you have a particularly favourite character in this film? Yeah, um, my favourite character is Ed in this film. Good. Without a doubt. Right. Why do you like Ed over everyone else? All of my favourite uh, scenes, all the, the scenes I find the funniest involve Ed. Um, you know, from, you know, talking about, um, you know, in the pub with him and, and the way that uh, his character uh, reacts to Sean to the way that he reacts with um, Pete. You know, like the "you are a prick" thing on his back is mm. amazing. So mm. funny. I just think he's. I just think he's a really, really funny character. There's so many subtle things there as well, especially with the notes. I mean, when I was rewatching it, I rewatched it with subtitles, and like I picked up so much more. And mm. the little things, like the guy who's in the shop working for Sean, is the one who's trying to buy weed off Ed. Yeah. And like, the whole thing about putting the notes on Pete's back come from Pete saying. It's not that hard. Just write a few notes on a bit of paper, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good. I mean, it is, and he's brilliant in this film, Nick Frost, isn't he? I mean, what yeah. a performance generally. Because again, like he's got range, especially mm. comedically. I mean, look at his the differences from this film to Hot Fuzz to The World's End, especially. Like, he's so different from film to film, and you, you can't yeah. fault that. Yeah. No. There's the. It'll, amazing performance in my opinion to be honest yeah and on top of that obviously we've got Simon Pegg as well which is because he's brilliant as Sean Mm. Um, I think Sean's sort of the everyman isn't he in this film and I think um, Simon Pegg kind of sums that up really well he's sort of your just average working sort of bloke isn't he bit of a loser yeah yeah can't get his life straight stuck with his mate that's holding him back from you know and relationships failing, mm. gen like mother and stepdad kind of thing. Just very relatable. Everybody kind of knows either knows someone like that or is someone like that. Not calling everyone a loser, but do you know what I mean? In some, yeah. some there's so many aspects in which you can relate to Sean. Of course, you know? yeah. His, his life is. I mean, the whole thing is around him, really. And it's the mm. one sort of weird thing about the film that is a bit strange is that. There's, there is only concern for those in Sean's life mm. which is an interesting part because it almost breathes into the idea that like it's more of like a told story than a uh, and by that sort of, I mean like it's almost like it's happened and being retold mm. from Sean's perspective because like you've got like David and Diane you've got Liz you've got Ed you've got all these characters and like the only ones who even mention their own parents are like Sean, mm. who obviously has you know his mum and his stepdad with him. And there's a huge thing obviously about him having to kill his mum 
Um, and it's just, it, it kind of surprised me a little bit. I know I'm going off, off track a little bit. It did surprise me a little bit how almost no other character mentioned their parents at all. Well, yeah, it is literally, all we care about is what Sean cares about. Yeah. That's it. And and, and I, uh, David Di- and Diana are both quite boring characters. So saying mm, about your course. storytelling from Sean's point of view, we can see that he doesn't like them very much. Therefore, yeah. he's not giving them the time to develop or be interesting it, 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 in yeah, anywhere. It's, it's almost like the, the story is being told from Sean's perspective, which I know it kind of is anyway, but it's sort of, you feel like you're along for the ride. Whereas I feel actually, if you look into it, it could also be interpreted in a way that it's like, almost like Sean retelling the story. Yeah, exactly. And from the reason, his point of view, yeah. The reason we like Ed, because in real life, if you're living with someone like Ed, you're, they're going to frustrate you. But the reason we we see through Sean's eyes is that Ed is the comic relief. He's the banterman. And mm. Pete, who's trying to keep him kind of like, grow up, you're an adult. Mm. He's kind of mm. seen as the, even though in real life, he's also that caring friend. For, for us, we see him as, ah, oh, he's a dick, isn't he? Do you know mm, what I mean? Mm, of course. Uh, it's really interesting. Same with this, same with Sean's stepdad, and same with um, Diane and Dave. Yeah, and like especially with like David, there's like a specific dislike for his character, and like almost every scene is he's been a dick. You know what I mean? Mm. And I and I think that all lends into the performance from again Simon Pegg, whether that was intentional or not, for it to feel like a tool from his perspective entirely, or like a retelling. Um, it does lend into the idea that Sean is the everyman. That anyone can relate with Sean um, at that age, if you know, relationship troubles, you know, girlfriends, friends being a bit of a pain in the arse, having a best mate who's sort of doing better than you, having another best mate who's doing worse than you, you're just sort of in the middle, you're doing your sort of shitty job at an electronics place. It's It, it does lend to it, and I really like that idea that it can be just relatable to anyone um a sort of well to most people anyway i'd say especially if you're living mm. in london you know yeah. <laughs> like a middle-aged white man in london i mean like we're gonna be at that point at some point and that that's exactly the kind of character that we're probably gonna end up being it's either shit. that or uh, gary king you know so um but yeah no i mean the other characters in this film any other particular performance that stand out because obviously there's the main two there's always the main two but any other um, characters really because there's not too many characters in this film actually. There's really. not, no, no. Um, who stands out? Who stands out? What did you think of um, Yvonne's inclusion, uh, played by Jessica Hines, of course, from Space? I thought it was interesting, not very long lived. Um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite funny that like the scene where they're all walking down and then they all meet each other and there's each yeah. like yeah. a. a, a, a what would you call it? A similar character on their team. Do you know what I mean? They're like, oh, mm. good luck. That was it. That was really interesting. I like that. It's different. It's it's different. It works, isn't it? I don't mm. know. It is an interesting character though, because it is one that just shows up throughout the film. Sort of almost marks each act, which is a really interesting way of seeing it, I guess. Where it's like they appear at the beginning, they appear right in the middle, and they appear right at the end, and it's the same yeah. bit of dialogue. And it's almost in a way to sort of. I mean, it's the criticism, but it's almost in a way of Edgar Wright sort of flexing his muscles a little bit and going, "Look how well my story's developed." Yeah. Look at how how big the I mean, it's a hard, like an hour and a half film, an hour like thirty nine or something, and the jump from the first time we see Yvonne to the second time we see Yvonne, and then the jump from the second time we see Yvonne to the third time we see Yvonne is even greater. 
Mm. Yeah. It's it's wild. Yeah, it's I think I think it's I think it's interesting. I think if, you know, we're talking about remakes or spin offs or whatever, then that could potentially be one. What happened to Yvonne, like throughout that time. Yeah. But I wouldn't want I would never, I'm not saying I want to see that. I think that'd no. be a terrible idea. But if they were going to go that route, that's the only route that I could see, you know, that's mm. a feasible one. Mm. But I still think it was yeah, it's an interesting inclusion nonetheless. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely you're definitely bang on there. I think a general a general question based off that though, I think if you were to do a spin-off of any of the Cornetto trilogy films, which one would you choose and what kind of thing would you do, do you think? Oh, Because it's all difficult, Bloody isn't interesting it? question, yeah. I, a, spin, uh, a spin-off or a sequel, let's say. Ah, uh, well, Shaun of the Dead's kind of done. That universe is wrapped up, really. Mm. Um, I mean, Hot Fuzz yeah. is also kind of wrapped up. I think, Do you think? I think they all. I actually think they all are really. I I, I I think Hot Fuzz is probably the only one that lends itself to a sequel, as such. But what they're going to do is Sanford is is done and dusted. There's no murdering there anymore. What, are they going to move to another town, and or or is it going to just be like a light-hearted comedy about policing in a small village with no murders? And I don't know. I don't know. There was talks at one point that there were going to be there was going to be a Hot Fuzz too. <sighs> They were talking about I, that. I mean, they were joking about it more so, but people believed it for a, a good amount of time. And I, for one, was quite excited to see what they do. I know this is not a Cornetto trilogy one, but this it's still a Simon Pegg, um, Nick Frost film. Yeah. I think if they're going to do a second one, do Pool 2. I think that one would be a better mm. one to do a sequel to than any of the Cornetto trilogy. Paul. Yeah, I guess that's an interesting... It's weird, that, isn't it? Like, the one that's probably the the worst of the four of like those four notable films with them two in it yeah i feel like that's the worst of them but also the one that lends itself best to a sequel but maybe that yeah. just says a lot about the way they, the, the filmmakers go for it i quite i think it's been so long since we can just have one film and enjoy it i just think you shouldn't touch them just please don't touch them yeah, <laughs> yeah. just don't there's no point make it edgar wright is amazing at whatever he does so Getting to do something else. Of course. And I'm sure that would be great. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Don't yeah. touch what's already been done. Well, I'm looking forward to returning to London for um, Last Night in Soho. Me too. I'm very much looking forward to that. That's going to be well. great. Um, but yeah, we are getting a little bit sidelined here. In yeah, terms of, sorry, sorry. In terms of character. No, no, no. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's all good. But on the terms of Shaun of the Dead, like, I mean, again, we've talked about I'm trying to think who else is in it. Because, I mean, the whole Yvonne thing is quite an interesting one. Do you have any characters that just sort of annoy the shit out of you and you just wish weren't there? Yeah. Diane and uh, David, like, absolutely. Like, both of them. Like, I don't wish they weren't there, but yeah, the way they're portrayed is it's just nothing that interests me at all. Obviously, they add to the story and stuff, but mm. the way that it, they're, they're kind of written, the way they go, they go about it, they're, they're not meant to be very interesting characters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're quite right there, yeah. I, it is interesting. I, I suppose that the whole point of that, the way you are rooting for Sean, I guess mm. David's that one where you sort of need him there because if he wasn't there, you'd think Sean was a bit more of a dick. Yeah, probably. Um, and that in itself is quite effective, I'd say. Yeah. But yeah, no. Beyond that, I'm trying to think of what else to say about Sean. That we haven't already said it's a. Uh, I, I do look forward to talking about the other Cornetto trilogy films. I mean, obviously, we've touched on a couple of those. Um, now, where would you think Shaun of the Dead sort of ranks in your out of those three? Do you think? 
Is this your favourite? Oh, second. Yeah. I'm not going to reveal my first in case we uh, do, do Well, I can, I, I, can, I can hazard a guess. Yeah. Yeah, you can hazard a guess. Mm. Mm. I think Shaun of the Dead's brilliant, though. Just out of the three, I've watched it so many times more than the others. For me, that's kind of where I feel the hot fuzz. Fair enough. So is Shaun of the Dead your favourite one? Shaun of the Dead's probably my favourite, yeah. 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 And then, surprisingly, at the moment, this might change, um, World's End, mm-hmm. and then Hot Fuzz. Now, I love all three of those films, but there's something about the World's End because it's so, like, underrated that I always find myself in, like getting so much enjoyment out of it. Whereas when, like, I watch mm-hmm. Hot Fuzz, I'm like, I've seen this a hundred times. I know it's funny. Yeah, World's like, End I've only seen a couple of times. I haven't seen it near enough as, as many times as I, I, I have the others. Yeah. But I think it's pretty good. When I revisit it, I'm like, oh, this is actually this is actually isn't bad. And I think it's that sort of expectation of it being a bit shit that ends up making it a little bit better. Um, but yeah, no, I'd be interested to see what if you're uh, if you're listening again, drop some stuff on Twitter. What do you think about the Cornetto trilogy? Where would you rank them? Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End. What, what do you what do you think about those? Um, yeah. No, it's interesting. It's a good one though. I mean. I, this is one of those films, I can't even remember the first time I watched it, but it is, it's a classic. And if you haven't seen it, I mean, you've had most of it ruined anyway. But if you haven't seen it, you've got to go and watch it. Yeah, and I'm so absolutely. glad we got to talk about it. And I think it's, it is a particularly interesting one to discuss. Um, but also quite a basic film as well. I don't think there's too much you can say about it that hasn't already been said. It's pretty solid. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm trying to think beyond that. Um, we usually sort of round these things off by uh, giving a sort of like rating out of 10. Um, do you have any particular sort of thoughts in mind regarding that in terms of Shaun of the Dead out of 10? Um, I think I'd probably have to give it like an 8.5 out of 10. 8.5? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's a really solid film. Uh, I think if you'd have asked me this, you know... Even 10 years ago, I think I first saw it when I was about 11, I thought it was the best thing that I'd ever seen ever. And I still do think it's a really, really good film. But mm. the only reason I give it a lower rating is because of the amount of times I've seen it. And Understand I know that's, that's not really how you're supposed to rate them. But no, but I... personal enjoyment though, you know, it's, it's like yeah, if you yeah. watch it now and you're still like, mm. I think it goes to show that it, we couldn't really find anything that was like bad with it. Do you know what I mean? Like there was nothing that sprung to mind. No, there really isn't. It, it's a very well-made film. The music's great, the direction's brilliant, the characters are great, the dialogue's excellent. The I'm camera gonna... work is great as well. Yeah. yeah. My, I'm, I, I'll, I'll jump to nine, um, nine out of ten. I think it is brilliant. Not quite perfect, but I think it is brilliant. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things, it's like... I think it... Um, it really balances the comedy and the sort of drama quite well. I wouldn't... I don't. It's weird because I. I don't think I would ever call. I don't know. It's weird. I don't feel right calling Sean that a comedy, even though it is a comedy. Because I feel like there are films that I laugh out loud a lot more to. Which is why yeah. I'm sort of a bit reluctant to give it like a ten out of ten, but. On the whole, like it is also quite a funny film in a lot of aspects, but I think it's a. It's an interesting one because I always think of it as just a really good film. I don't, I know it's like a, it's a comedy, it's a horror. Um, it's pretty good, but I I don't know about like 
in terms of like it's not my favorite comedy of all time but it's one of my favorite films it's weird yeah you know um i don't know if i'd say that it, it's it's a weird one because in terms of rating i probably wouldn't give many comedies like above a nine really um but i think uh yeah it's an interesting one but yeah that's that really um sean of the dead directed by edgar wright brilliant film you give it eight and a half yeah yeah and i give it uh nine out of ten um if you'd like to see, uh, so I know I know I, I've got letterbox. If you've got letterbox, Jack, you haven't, have you? No, I haven't. No, um, no. If you'd like to see my full review um, uh, of Shaun of the Dead on there, as well as many many other films, before we talk about them on the podcast, you can go and check out my letterbox account, Ace Creeper. Um, Jack, have you got anything you would like to promote, talk about, advertise? Uh no. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> not, not literally really pretty. nothing. I have a pretty boring life, mate. At the yeah, moment, no, nothing's no, I, going I, on. I, I yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so that's basically that then. If you if you want to, I think the first time we've had that. Uh, definitely nothing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter, but there's nothing interesting. What is, your, what is your Twitter again? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> this is great. This is going really it's, well. Jack not Murphy. Uh, you can probably find it in George's followers. <laughs> Is it Jack Not Murphy? Is it? It is Jack Not Murphy. Jack. Lovely. Underscore not underscore Murphy. Um, I'm at GB. Oh Christ! I am at GB <laughs> And uh, if you want to follow the podcast, obviously for more of the newer episodes, we are at Spill Your Beans. Spill Your Beans, as in Year Beans, as in Y E R. You know how it's spelled. You're listening to the episode. Um, so go and follow us on there for all the latest and all that sort of stuff and yeah we'll see you next Sunday with another review which I believe I might be wrong in this I believe might be Rocketman with um, another uni friend of mine by the name of Ethan so I'll uh, see you all next week <laughs> are you sure you haven't got anything else to promote Jack? <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I don't I'm really sorry mate <laughs> There's nothing interesting I have to promote. Hideous guy to the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Right, see you later. Um, yeah.